Anecdotal Basics of Christianity, Episode 44, Healing Dilemma. Part of being kingdom-minded is the belief that God heals today, and hopefully you will have your own experience of knowing the reality of this. Part of being as old as I am means that I have seen some changes, and I would say that there have been times during my kingdom years when the church circles that I move in have seen significantly more physical healings than is currently the case. I've learnt a few things over the years and I present some of them here at face value, bits and pieces, for consideration. There is no one-size-fits-all model for the healing ministry, nor for that matter for any other part of the Great Commission that we read about at the end of Matthew's Gospel. If we look at the gospel stories of how Jesus healed the sick, he did it differently every time. It shouldn't surprise us if we apply yesterday's pattern to today's sickness to find that it's ineffective. We need to be constantly seeking God so that we can put our hand to what we see him doing. If we forgive someone who then continues to act poisonously towards us, should we stop forgiving? If we find that a certain group of people with whom we've shared the gospel have hardened their hearts towards us and towards Jesus, should we stop evangelising? If we find that a certain charity has embezzled funds, should we stop giving? If we've had an act of kindness thrown back in our face, should we stop being kind? For people who are living their lives trying to follow Jesus, there's no question with any of the above. It may be the case that it's time to move on from the particular person, group or charity, but the kingdom principle that motivated our original interaction shouldn't be abandoned just because the result wasn't as we'd hoped. The same is true for healing. We mustn't allow ourselves to back away from God's commission to heal the sick because of our feelings of embarrassment, inadequacy, nor anything else negative. Such feelings are insufficient reasons for adapting our theology. It remains God's desire that people are healed. It will always remain so. One of the prayers I'm now accustomed to praying fairly frequently is, What happened there then, Lord? I'm especially likely to pray this prayer if there have been prophetic words about healing from a trusted source, and these have not come to fruition, in addition to the ministry for healing not ending in the hoped-for result. Here are some of the things I believe God has answered, but please remember the principle of no one-size-fits-all approach. Although faith may be present in these situations, it can sometimes be outweighed by other things. Sometimes it's our doubts or fears, sometimes the cynicism of others. When Jesus healed Jairus' daughter, the stories in Mark 5, he sent the cynics out of the room before he did so. It is sometimes the case that the faith of the one who is sick comes into play. Jesus told the woman who touched the hem of his garment that her faith had healed her. But this isn't a requirement of the one who seeks healing. It is, however, a requirement for the one who is ministering. Jesus sent his disciples out to heal diseases as they proclaimed their faith. Faith levels play a part. Sometimes God may tell us through a prophetic word that the illness, disease will not result in death. 
then if the person dies, not only are we left with our grief, but also with a degree of confusion about whether or not we're able to hear God for ourselves, and of course that damages our relationship with him. But it is the case that other factors, maybe even the treatment, play a part in the outcome, and we need to remember to invite God into every aspect of the individual's care, as there is always a bigger picture to consider. Let me unpack that a little. I believe that prophecy is always, at least in part, an invitation. Yet I have been guilty of taking my foot off the gas in terms of prayer and kingdom come ministry once God has spoken his plan for healing, which is definitely the wrong thing to do. We are supposed to join in with what God is doing, not leave him to it. A friend of ours was in palliative care medicine and he told us that relatives of dying patients would often tell him that their loved one had started to hallucinate and ask him to do something. These hallucinations may have taken the form of seeing things or have been conversations with others who had already died. Our friend's response to this was often to suggest that the patient was more there than here and that crossing over to the next phase of eternal life is not necessarily an instantaneous thing. On a couple of occasions, when I've asked God the what-happened-there question, I believe he's told me that in the more-there-than-here time, when the person had a glimpse of the heavenly realm in store for them, they'd chosen to go to glory then, rather than to live a while longer on the earth. Fairly often, God's answer to my question sounds a bit like, Mind your own business. Fair enough. On one occasion when I was asking about the situation with a loved one who seemed to be falling through the gaps in the health service and I was complaining to God about the state of the system, he said to me, I'm giving the job back to my church. It may have been an answer specific to this individual, but I took it to be a big picture answer in which case the church needs to be ready, and that requires us to step up our healing ministry and to keep doing it. God is for healing. We need to be too. Go for it. And whatever happens, keep going for it.